0: Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, from Walking Dead Now. Want to welcome all of our viewers tonight. Hope you can spend the next hour with us. If you are joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now. And go ahead and subscribe if you have not done so yet. And if you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast if you enjoy it. I want to welcome uh, all of our viewers tonight. Like I said, the team is going to be moderating the chats. Let's see what's going on on the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter side. Khaleesi is with us. Cece Wheezy, singer Chick, is also joining us on YouTube. Welcome, guys. Corey Adams is with us on Facebook. Facebook, as is Lindsay Sparks. Uh, let's see what's going on on Instagram. Steningal is with us. Trinity is saying hello. Uh, NGA, Ojani, Najah, all welcome to you guys. Ismail is joining us. I hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday evening. We are one week away from uh, the premiere of World Beyond and, of course, the finale of uh, Season 10 of The Walking Dead. The time has come. We are one week away guys i hope you guys had a chance to see our our show last night and our interview with uh lindsley register uh laura from the walking dead it was a fascinating chat uh she's a great lady uh just awesome to talk to her uh if you missed it you can catch it on replay on our youtube channel or facebook or twitter whichever you prefer but it was great and she shed a lot of insight on us as with every guest what's amazing is that with every guest that we get to come on our show we always learn something new and different uh you know of what it's like being behind the scenes on the walking dead set and for me that's absolutely fascinating uh arch is with us on youtube welcome alex is joining us on facebook Sylvia is with us from Concord, North Carolina. Welcome, Sylvia. Uh, Lisa is also with us on Facebook. Now, tomorrow, we are having another great guest. Uh, Benedict Samuel, who was the leader of the Wolves on The Walking Dead, is going to be our live guest. We are really excited to have him on. And as well as being on The Walking Dead, his biggest role has been on the hit series Gotham where he played uh, Batman's uh, Arch nemesis uh, Mad Hatter, uh, Jarvis Tetch. Uh, he has he spent like three plus seasons on Gotham. Uh, that's his biggest role to date but he's also Owen, uh, the leader of the wolves on The Walking Dead. and uh, so make sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be here with us live and it should be another fascinating talk. Uh, Alex is with us from the Philippines. Welcome Alex. Uh, and here's another, uh, scheduling reminder guys. This coming Saturday, October 3rd is going to be our Dead Talk Live season one finale. We are going to enjoy a whole one day hiatus. We are getting a day off on October, on Sunday, October 4th. There is going to be no Dead Talk Live, so we can all watch the Walking Dead shows. And we are returning the very next day, Monday, October 5th, with the start of our second season of Dead Talk Live. And stay tuned because we are working on some surprises for you guys. Can't say much beyond that. On Monday, October 5th, we are going to be breaking down the finale of The Walking Dead. The very next day, on Tuesday, October 6th, we are going to be breaking down the premiere of The Walking Dead World Beyond. Uh, And for every Sunday going forward that there is a Walking Dead show on TV, we will not be on the air live. Um... and another scheduling note, uh, after this premiere, on, you know, the finale and the premiere coming up in one week from today, uh, moving on into October 11th, we're getting the premiere of Fear the Walking Dead, and also, we are also going to get episode two of World Beyond. And even moving forward beyond that, World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead are going to be airing back-to-back Sunday nights together, uh, moving forward beyond October 4th and 11th. So that's when World Beyond is going to be on. It's going to go straight through to, well, Fear is going to go straight through till the end of November uh, when they wrap up the first half of Fear, which has already been filmed and ready to go, part C- Part two of season six has not been filmed yet. So I don't know when we're going to get that. And then a week later, we are going to get the season finale of World Beyond sometime in early December. Like the next Sunday after uh, the mid-season finale of Fear. The week after, we're going to get the season finale of World Beyond. So that's The Walking Dead schedule at least moving into early December. And then, uh, you know, beyond that, guys, we have the six episodes of uh, that we're going to get of the world of The Walking Dead, the episodes that are going to be sandwiched in between seasons 10 and 11. They are supposed to come out sometime in early 2021, and that's all we know as of now. Leigh is with us on Facebook. Welcome. Uh, Junior James has joined us on YouTube. Uh, Let's see. Welcome to all our people here on Instagram. Janie Jo has joined us on Instagram. Uh, Now, overnight last night in the wee hours of the morning, I posted a new video. This video is from my daughter, who is a freshman in college studying film production uh i'm going to play it for you guys right now for those who have not seen it yet and for those who already have seen it it's worth watching again so let's go ahead and take a look at that right now the walking dad compilation called another one bites the dust Yeah, you in the tank. Cozy in there? Let's go! See, he walks fairly down the street with the people way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the air? The wrist. to the sound of the beach, yeah. Another one buys the dust Another one buys the dust, and another one gone, and another one gone, another one buys the dust, hey, hey. I'm gonna get it another one buys the dust. They're fucking with the wrong people. Another one busted us, ow! Another one busted us, hey hey! Another one busted There you go, another one bites the dust. All right, and I'm a little biased. That's from my daughter. You know, she's very talented. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Uh, we have a lot of great uh, creators that submit video for us. We're very lucky to have them all, and uh, we love getting those videos and posting them for you. Uh, CC wheezy writes great song selection. Singer Chick writes great job. She's definitely talented. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes what a kick-ass video. Yes. Yes. It was very kick-ass I will pass out along to her. Thank you guys. So let's get started with some news. Okay, guys um, Here's the first article. Why did Jadis leave the Walking Dead with Rick? When Rick Grimes was taken away from the Walking Dead via helicopter Why did Jadis leave with him? Played by Pollyanna McIntosh, Jadis was introduced in The Walking Dead Season 7 as the leader of a brand new community living inside of a junkyard. Mixing the self-preservation of the saviors with the primitive tendencies of the whisperers, Jadis' scavengers kidnap Gabriel and it's not long before Rick's people come looking for their man of the cloth. After some persuasion, Rick and Jadis join forces against Negan, but the scavengers betray their new friends, siding with the saviors after receiving a better offer. Ultimately, however, Rick's warning comes true, and the saviors decimate the uh, junkyard group, leaving Jadis to rule over a pile of corpses. Following Negan's defeat, Jadis moves to Alexandria, but struggles to adapt to a more convenient lifestyle. Jada strikes up a budding romance with Gabriel before eventually deciding that she would rather go fast by herself than far with others. Unbeknownst to Alexandria, the scavengers had been secretly working with the CRM, feeding them prisoners who would be taken away via helicopter. After Rick sacrifices himself to save his people from a zombie horde, Jadis is the one who finds Andrew Lincoln's character badly wounded by the riverside. Jadis realizes that Rick's only chance at survival is the CRM, but also knows that Rick is her ticket out of town. Thanks to the mysterious A or B system the CRM have in place, on a personal level level, the former scavenger leader was desperately struggling to adapt to life in Alexandria. Despite eventually revealing her true name to be Anne, Jada still carried the weight of guilt from the scavenger massacre, and there was obviously a massive cultural difference. Between her own group and Rick's that would be tricky for anyone to overcome. Where the Alexandria Alliance was all about coming together, Jadis still had the mentality of the lone wolf and her final deal with the CRM was as much about fulfilling her own wishes as it was saving Rick's life. However, it's still not clear why Jadis would choose the CRM over Alexandria. From the outside, this looks like swapping one community for another. Evidently, Jadis knows more about the CRM than the audience do, so they must operate in a way that the ex-scavenger finds more appealing. This fits with what have uh, since been revealed about the CRM in Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, Maggie Grace's Al encountered one of the helicopter group in the spin-off's fifth season, sparking romantically with the mysterious Isabel. Despite their connection, Isabel is willing to kill Al to protect the CRM's secret existence, and this seems like standard practice for the group. The CRM operates in the shadows, are happy to kidnap people, and aren't rushing to help outsiders a philosophy far more compatible with the Scavengers, where they go, we take, we don't bother, motto. By swapping Alexandria for the CRM, Jadis isn't simply moving to another community, she's trading in a settlement that thrives on cooperation and kindness for something more familiar to her. Shifting to a real-world perspective, It was imperative that Jadis depart The Walking Dead by Rick's side. Although Andrew Lincoln's Lincoln's character technically survived his ordeal, The Walking Dead has largely acted as if Rick died, instead of making the truth of Rick's disappearance a major plot point. The Walking Dead Season 9 moved on, leaving Rick's future to his upcoming solo movie. Only Michonne has discovered signs of Rick's survival immediately before departing The Walking Dead herself, and Judith became aware of the truth only recently. If Jadis had organized Rick's departure to the CRM but stayed behind in Alexandria herself, her deception would automatically become a massive ongoing storyline which isn't that which isn't what The Walking Dead had in mind and finally Jadis will reportedly be a major factor in the upcoming Walking Dead movies the film will find Rick in alien territory and it'll be useful to have another familiar face that the viewers recognize Pollyanna McIntosh's Jadis fills that role perfectly, but she had to leave AMC's The Walking Dead behind first. So, you know, Pollyanna Jadis is going to be in the Rick Grimes movies. No big surprise there, Uh, even though they have not really come out and confirmed it 100%. She's going to be in the movies. The real question is... Is she going to be friend or foe to Rick Grimes in the movies? Uh, When she was rushing him off in the helicopter, she had a very caring, concerned look on her face for Rick, uh, trying to reassure him, you're going to be okay, everything is fine now. And that's where they left it. Uh, But she's a mystery. She's a flip-flopper. She's going to go with whatever she's feeling at the moment. And it's going to be, that's going to really come to the test in the movies, in my opinion. She's going to have to pick a side, especially if Rick and the CRM are going to be at odds with each other. Uh, It has been sort of leaked that the CRM is using all the people that the scavengers have been giving them for human experiments. Uh, To try to get a cure to the zombie virus. Uh, Is Rick going to be a part of that experiment? The leak says yes. He is going to be one of the guinea pigs that is lined up for experimentation. Uh, What's Jadis' role going to be in that? Is she going to be the one that saves him? Is she going to be flipping back and forth in the movie, trying to play both sides of the fence? We have no idea. We have to wait and find out. Uh, let's see what's going on. Singer Chick writes, I don't agree. I think Jadis has a choice. She was afraid every time the helicopter guy talked to her. She had to do what they told her. Yep, she was afraid of them. You can hear it in her voice. Dals on YouTube writes, do you think Heath is going to be there as well? I do. And it's just an opinion. I think we're going to see Heath again. Uh, let's see, Jin asks, what's your favorite Rick, uh, Rick Grimes phrase? Oh, man, I have to think about that one. Uh, Alex writes, she's a friend. Uh, um, uh, Singer Chick writes, uh, I do thou's, I almost bet on it. Rhea is with us on Facebook. Uh, Alex also on Facebook writes, but I know it's gotta have a price after she saves Rick's life. I hope. We gotta wait and see, guys. Uh, Ismail writes, what's your theory about the A and B system? And we've discussed that on here before. For you guys that have not been here when we had that discussion, I think the conclusion we came down to is um, it has nothing to do with personality types. It has nothing to do with whether they're leaders or not. Rick was a B. I mean, he was a B or an A, whatever. Uh, but it didn't make sense to what we know of the character. And what we deducted here when we talked about it a while ago was that it probably has to do something with the person's physical abilities. It is the CRM's way of classifying their experiments. They're obviously breaking up the groups into two groups, the A's and the B's, and uh, the A's are being experimented one way and the bees are being experimented in a completely different way in the hopes of trying to come up with a cure for the zombie virus. That's my best guess, you know? CC uh, Wheezy writes, if they are doing experiments, what shape will Heath be in? Oh, that's a great question. Andrew is with us on YouTube, uh, saying there will be more comics of The Walking Dead. I don't know robert kirkman could surprise us all uh so let's go on to the next thing everything you need to remember this is a little refresher guys of uh you know since it's been six months since we saw the last episode of the walking dead uh they're giving us a little refresher on what's been going on so i'm just going to quickly skim through this carol and negan orchestrated the death of alpha It was a long con, obviously, but Carol released Negan from Alexandria's jail cell just so that he could work his way into the Whisperers, gain the confidence of Alpha, and kill her. It did not gain him any new friends, exactly, but Carol and Daryl at least respect and tolerate him. The respect part, I don't know. The tolerate, it's getting there. Begrudgingly, however, he does remain close with Alpha's daughter, Lydia, despite the murder of her mother. Carol and Lydia's relationship, however, remains strained. Carol, after all, orchestrated the murder of Lydia's mother, who also murdered Carol's son, Henry, who was also Lydia's boyfriend. Did you guys keep up with that? Alright, number two, Beta has gone insane. Dude's been out of it for a while, but I think, yeah, he definitely went over the cliff after we lost Alpha. After the death of Alpha, Beta completely loses his mind, starting to hear voices, and decides to attack the Alexandrians with the Whisperer's full horde, which is thousands of zombies. He no longer has a connection to reality. It's also worth noting that in the universe of The Walking Dead, the character underneath the mask of Beta is a famous country musician. This will matter in the finale. Ah, they're dropping a little hint. So Beta being a famous country musician is... I don't know what they're trying to say, but that was a little hint right there. The show has been seen exclusively by some members of the press uh we gotta wait and find out number three on the list maggie is somewhere maggie's return is no secret it's been talked about for well over a year now and even promoted in the ads for the 16th episode she does return and i'll just say this it's not just as a character in a distant land reading a letter She will be an active participant in the episode's action. Maggie's not just back, she's really back. Michonne is gone, but Virgil is not. Virgil came into Oceanside and left with Michonne, who discovered that Rick is still alive and set out to try and find him. Virgil, who has a little of his head too after... Uh, who has lost a little bit of his head too after the death of his loved ones, decided to return to Oceanside and that will be more important than you think in the finale. Another little hint. You know, we all knew Virgil coming back. They had to do something with him. We all thought he was gone. He had served his purpose and was gone, but he's going to play a major role and we're going to have to wait and find out what that is as well. Number five, Eugene went out to meet Stephanie. Eugene has spent much of the season in radio contact with someone named Stephanie. He left with Ezekiel and Yumiko to meet Stephanie. And along the way, they met a great new character, Princess. It's also worth remembering that Ezekiel has cancer. And the next storyline in Robert Kirkman's source material is The Commonwealth. All of this will be important in the finale. We meet we met a badass ninja dude at least in the trailer. Aaron and Alden are rescued from a whisperer horde by a masked person with some serious knife skills. The masked person will return in the finale because They're a little confused there. We didn't actually see him in episode 15. We only saw him in the trailer for 16. Number seven on the list. Remember Connie? It seems like eons ago now, but remember when Connie and Magna were trapped inside a Whisperer cave with a horde of zombies? Magna eventually made her way out and returned home, but we have not seen Connie. We will find out what happened to her in the finale, probably because Lauren Ritterloff, who plays her, needed a break to film The Eternals. All right. So we knew that about Lauren. Uh, she needed time away for another project, so that's why they put her character Connie on pause. They're not going to just bring her back for one episode and kill her. So all you guys that are afraid that Connie's going to die... I really don't see that happening. I think she's going to be... Well, she's obviously going to be back in this finale. They just told us as much. And I think she's going to be a major character moving forward. And as we all discussed, we finally hope that Daryl Dixon, finally, after 10 seasons on The Walking Dead, is able to find love. Because, uh, yeah... becoming really obvious with Daryl and you guys should read some of the messages I get asking me I get messages people asking me is Daryl gonna kiss someone finally and I'm like I don't know how to respond to that I really don't that's the question I get is Daryl gonna finally kiss someone yeah uh, I hope so I really do I really do I really hope before his time's up in the zombie apocalypse Zombie, I mean Daryl is able to kiss someone Summer Springer writes. I hope so Uh, Thals on YouTube writes. I think Magna betrayed Connie on getting out and I think she's lying To everybody on what happened now wouldn't that be a twist? Holy cow. I didn't think of that Magna betraying Connie and Magna is deceiving everyone now in the communities. I mean, I, uh, slim chance of that happening, but it's intriguing. Uh, CC Weezy writes, Magna was kind of vague about what happened. I mean, you know, she the way she explained it is they got out of the cave together. They were holding hands mixed into the horde and they got separated. Uh, Magna found her way to the hilltop and had no idea what happened to Connie. It's a believable story. Uh, why would she lie? There were, there were friends. They came into the hilltop in Alexandria together. As to why she would want to betray Connie, I I don't know. I don't know. Summer writes, I want to see some lip-locking <laughs> in regards to Daryl. Oh, God, guys. Go writes, we have episodes 9 to 15 next weekend to catch up on what has happened. Yep, the big marathon that happens before we get the finale or a premiere on The Walking Dead. So, let's go to the uh, our final article for tonight. The Walking Dead spinoff movies, the Rick Grimes movies, are still heading to the theaters. Okay fans of the walking dead have a lot to look forward to amc recently announced that the show would be coming to an end after its extended 11th season which is this, which is going to run over two years that doesn't mean that the world it takes place in is going anywhere anytime soon uh that's a far from the that's far from the case actually the spin-off series fear is still going strong with its sixth season premiering on October 11th. Right before that, World Beyond will have its premiere on October 4th. This limited series will focus on teens in the zombie-infested world. Besides that, there's a spin-off for fan-favorite characters, Daryl and Carol, in development. Then, of course, the Rick Grimes movie starring Andrew Lincoln. News of the spin-off trilogy initially broke last July. We haven't heard much much about it since, though the announcement trailer ended with the promise that the Rick Grimes movies would return only in theaters, okay? The Walking Dead chief creative officer, which is of course Scott M. Gimple, recently spoke to Decider on the various tie-ins and development his update on the movies essentially stated that is uh, still the case, despite COVID severely hindering box office draws. The plan is for it to be in theaters. The only reason I say uh, too far off or anything like that—that uh, that is just we live in total crazy times. Everything everything seems great. We're following the plan. For it to be in theaters, we're making it a theatrical film. But with the way things are going, there might be an alien invasion tomorrow. He's kidding. I, for one, welcome our Martian overlords. Who knows, there's a lot of craziness out in the world right now. But we're following the plan and we're, do- and we're doing just as Robert said. We're using the, the uh, time to hone things up. Gimple echoes the sentiments of The Walking Dead comic creator, Robert Kirkman, from July. He stated that the pandemic has given more time to work on the scripts. However, this means we'll be waiting quite a while to see Rick Grimes return. And we are. Uh, They have not even started production yet. Hollywood is at its standstill, guys. There are a few shows filming here and there. But if you really want to know how bad it is, go to Google, look up your local movie theater, and see what's playing. In my local movie theater, they're playing all the Jurassic Park movies. There are no new movie releases coming out. Uh, There are theaters open here in the United States uh, with like a max capacity. It all depends on state by state, but there's like a max capacity of only 25 people per theater. So, Hollywood is not going to release movies to such a limited audience. So, they're going to have to come up with some kind of idea, if this doesn't change anytime soon, on how to bring these movies to the audience. And most likely, that's going to be in, at some kind of in-home, video-on-demand type of way. So, But it's, it is crazy, and uh, they're going to have to figure some things out. Uh, Dals on YouTube writes, Andy said he was going to do a play in England first, and then work on the movies. Well, he's got the time. He's definitely got the time. All right, guys. Let's see. Uh, Good timing. We're just a little bit halfway past our show. Let's get started on tonight's topic. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the many lies that have been told in the world of The Walking Dead. All right? Uh, many lies... Uh, And liars in the walking dead universe and today we're going to list some of them and break them down Now, let's start with the walking dead's governor whose real name is oh not real name real name on the show besides governor is Philip Blake who was played by David Morrissey Who was the leader of the Woodbury community and the main antagonist in seasons three and four Although it may seem ironic, the governor who whispered the word liar in response to Rick's attempt at negotiations, he was full of lies himself. Dude was a psychopath. Uh, He first comes off as uh, this generous, kind person who is dedicated to keeping his community, Woodbury, safe. As time passes, we discover that this was only a mask to hide his hideous personality which was that of a volatile and manipulative person who was very capable of cold-blooded murder. He spun many stories to his people about battles and losses to make them seem necessary, but truly they were it, as he eliminated everything that he considered to be a threat. He also made it appear that his group's safety was the most important thing to him. However, we see that this was nothing but lies as he kills all of them in the finale of Season 3, guns them down without a regard or a single hint of remorse afterwards. After being abandoned and wandering alone, he returns to Woodbury and... uh, reclaims his position as leader by killing Cesar Martinez, who was his former right-hand man. He convinces the new people at Woodbury... This is all happening at, like, a campsite, okay? It's not, like, technically inside Woodbury, but sort of like a makeshift campsite that his former lieutenant had set up. Uh, He convinces the new people to aid him in his quest, to destroy the prison where our survivors take refuge by telling them that Rick's people are the villains. They are the bad guys. He brutally beheads Herschel Green and almost succeeds at killing Rick if it wasn't for good old Michonne coming in and uh, saving his life. I would say Rick had maybe another three seconds of life left in him. He was about to choke him to death Uh, and if it wasn't for michonne coming in and stabbing him in the back with her katana rick would have died right then and there Uh, the final lie of his leads to him uh to his own death at the hands of michonne like we just said and he was put down by one of the very people he swore to protect his girlfriend at the time lily chambler Tara's sister. Remember guys, that is where we were introduced to Alana Masterson who played Tara and was on the show up until season 9. And I gotta tell you, looking back when we were introduced to Tara back in season 4, I had no idea that the uh, character of Tara would be on for so long and become so lovable and become such a huge fan favorite. Uh, I was really upset when we lost Tara. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, The first person who calls the governor on his, on his BS is Michonne. You're right. And it didn't take her long. She saw through his nice guy, psychopathic ways right from the start. She didn't trust him. She tried to convince Andrea, but we all talked about it before. How thick-headed Andrea was. Didn't want to hear any part of it. But Michonne, she, she was onto him. Now let's move on to our next liar. Father Gabriel. We met him in uh, Season 5, Episode 2, known as Strangers. Father Gabriel was initially shown as a coward uh, who was traumatized by his past and not a very capable guy. Remember when we met him, he was on top of a rock. Surrounded by walkers, uh, crying out for help, and that's when Rick and the gang show up to save his life. Uh, He had trouble adapting to the new world and the dangers that came with it. From day one, he hid dark secrets from the group, avoiding the subject at every turn, which made the group not very fond of him and very suspicious of him, and rightly so. Uh, Following the massacre of Gareth at his church, he betrays his group at Alexandria by warning Deanna that Rick's group is basically Satan. That she let Satan inside the walls uh, of her community. So, they saved his life. They brought him along all the way to Washington. He gets inside uh, a safe community. What does he do? He goes to their leader and says, hey, I'm a good guy, but these other people that I came in with, yeah, he calls Rick Satan himself. I mean, that's cold. I mean, that's cold. It's coming from a guy who locked out his own congregation when they were looking for a safe place to hide, locked the doors on them as they got brutally eaten outside of his church. Okay? I mean, the balls on this guy. Anyway, he's come a long way since then. Uh, Many see uh, him as a hypocrite as he fails to see the irony that he did bad and unspeakable things in order to survive as well. Gradually, Father Gabriel regains the group's trust and forgiveness as he feels remorse for his actions, and he tries to fix them by helping Rick execute his plan to deal with the walker herd in season six. He also takes care of Judith and protects her in the toughest of times, which was a a turning point in regards to at least how Rick saw Father Gabriel. He atoned for his sins and has become a badass. Uh, Moving on to some of the lies... That we thought deserved a place among our list. Before we go on to that, you know, go, staying on Father Gabriel uh, for a second, I, for me, he completed his character arc when he took out uh, Dante. All right, Dante Juan Javier Cardenas, who was our guest uh, earlier in the earlier this past week, uh, we discussed it with him as well. When uh, Father Gabriel takes out Dante, who killed Sadiq, I think that's when his character arc became complete. And as I mentioned this before, guys, in my opinion, uh, things do not look for, 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 look good for Father Gabriel in this finale on Sunday. Anyway, let's move on to some of the lies, okay? The Claimers, okay, who I like to call the Marauders, the nomadic group led by Joe, who we met in season four. The group had a strict bunch of rules that involved claiming whatever supplies they wanted in order to prevent hostilities from arising. And they had one code that they must abide by, which is never lie. Len, one of the claimers, lied to the group about Darryl, and he accused them of stealing his half of a rabbit. Luckily, Joe did not tolerate lying, and Len got what he deserved, which is uh, getting beaten to death by the other members of his group. Joe wasn't screwing around, you know, he wasn't messing around. You broke his rules, you were going to get it. Um, Unfortunately, Darryl does end up getting punished when he is accused of lying after the group catches up with Rick, Michonne, and Carl. If you all remember that Daryl tries to get to the claimers to let his friends go but Joe was not having it in season 5 episode 12 uh, Deanna uh, was interviewing our group members individually shortly after they arrived in Alexandria when Carol's time was up for her interview she made it seem that she was this boring housewife Wasn't much of a survivor, was only still alive because of the other people in her group. Uh, She also lied about the nature of her late husband, Ed. Uh, She said, quote, I miss that stupid, wonderful man every day. And uh, like I said before, you know, her time in Alexandria in the beginning was, I thought, Carol's best uh, Melissa McBride's uh best acting of Carol flipping from little you know good little homemaker to a vicious killer and literally at the snap of a finger you know let's see what you guys are saying uh, uh let's see Alex writes because of Daryl uh we see a lot of new people that have come in welcome guys on YouTube welcome to all our new people in on Instagram as well Sugar has given us a smiley left face. Uh, we see a lot of people, new people have entered in. So let's move on to some uh, more lies, okay? Season 8, All Out War, Episode 3. Okay, Rick and Daryl were leaving the Savior outpost. They stumbled upon a nerdy Savior. Rick promises the Savior that they'll spare his life if he drops his gun, come out of hiding, and... And tell them what they need to know, which is where the location of the big M2 machine guns were. Uh, The Savior asks why he should trust them. Rick says, quote, because I'm giving you my word. That's not a lot. It's not worth much these days. It's uh, it's not, sorry. There there is not a lot that's worth much these days. But a man's word, it's got to mean something, right? And, um, you know, going back to Rick, he has said that uh, numerous times on the show. And with the exception of once, he has kept it. And we're going to get to that. Let's just keep reading what happens in this scene. Moments after the savior came out, telling them that the guns were sent to another outpost belonging to Gavin, Daryl kills him in cold blood proving to us that a man's word isn't actually worth a lot these days. Rick gave him his word that he would be spared. He came out from behind a tree. He told them what they wanted to know. And then Daryl killed him. Do you guys remember that? That scene? Uh, Even though it wasn't Rick that broke his word, Daryl did not really care about whatever promise Rick made. And he shot him dead. He shot him dead. And even though Rick did not make that big of a deal about it, it bothered him. It bothered him at the moment. But as we get closer to the end of season eight, he says the exact same words about, a you know, a man's word still has to mean something. Uh, and that is to uh, our guest that we had on, On Thursday, Jared's character, played by Joshua Michael and his group of saviors that had escaped the hilltop and Morgan and Rick were tied up. He says the exact same words, but this time, after they're cut loose, when the walkers come in, it is Rick who, you know, breaks his word and kills them in cold blood. So a little bit of irony right there. C.C. Wheezy writes, Daryl was raging at that time, like when he killed Morales. Daryl was seeing red, no doubt about it. Um, Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, Rick made the deal, but Daryl did not. That's a good point. Rick was upset at him, even though he didn't make a big deal about it to uh, Daryl. It did bother him. Now, moving on to our next character on the list. Uh, The biggest liar of them all on The Walking Dead and probably the biggest lie on The Walking Dead, Eugene. Uh, He used his tricks and manipulations to keep himself alive from day one. We uh, first met him in season four, episode 10, running from the walkers and asking for Abraham uh, for help. Back then, Abraham wasn't in a great state. In fact, Abraham was just moments away from killing himself because his entire family was taken out. Uh, He lied to Abraham, telling him that he is a scientist and that he knows how to lead them to a cure for the zombie virus. He also told him that he needs to get to Washington in order to get to the labs there. Later on on the show, the group figure out that Eugene was lying. He finally confesses. And he was incapable of fending for himself. And he really needed his protection. And, you know, just staying on that scene for a second, where Eugene does come clean at the side of the road, because he sort of has to, if you guys remember. Uh, Glenn, Maggie, uh, Abraham, Rosita, they were heading off to D.C. And on their road, there was a huge horde of walkers that they had to go through and they were trying to figure out what to do and that's when Abraham had to tell them the truth because they were seriously considering going through those walkers and that scared the shit out of Eugene so again at that moment he thought it'd probably be safer for me to tell the truth right now than to risk my life trying to get through that horde of walkers And he spills the beans, and after he spills the beans that he's been lying all this time, he has the balls to tell Abraham that, well, I am smarter than you. That's just the kind of mentality that Eugene has. And after he said that to Eugene, to Abraham, I don't blame Abraham one bit for knocking the living daylights out of his ass. He had it coming. He had it coming. Um, Singer Chick writes, Eugene knew they were going to die if they went through that horde. Exactly. Uh, Also writes, just destroyed Abe. Cat is with us, Ryan Rick lied and slashed Negan's throat. Yeah, you know, I guess after a while in the zombie apocalypse, a man's word just doesn't really mean much at all. Uh, Kat also writes, I prefer Daryl didn't shoot the savior, but he was tortured, so I couldn't blame him, given they are in the apocalypse, so perception is different to how we see right from wrong. Correct. Alright, anyway, as they do get closer to Washington, because, you know, he confesses, but they're like, hell, we're going there anyways, uh, the lie, you know, became unraveled, uh... Abraham became distraught I just said he punches the living daylights out of uh, Eugene He probably would have killed him if it wasn't for the for Maggie Glenn and Rosita Tearing Abraham off of Eugene It took like one good left hook from Abraham and Eugene was out cold Anyway as time passes the group does forgive him as he was stepping out of his comfort zone in being more productive to the group uh, he does however lie one last time but this time it was for the good and it's when the Saviors were forcing him to be their bullet maker and he rigs up the ammunition to backfire onto the savior's uh, face therefore saving the alexandria hilltop kingdom group and uh basically winning the war for them because they were surrounded they were going to all get killed by Negan's by Negan's orders and if it wasn't for Eugene Eugene single-handedly won the war for the uh survivors make no mistake about it uh Eugene did a lot of wrong on the show but that was a big you know step in the right direction This event turned the tables on the saviors and the war and of course led to Rick and the group winning the all-out war. This was Eugene's turning point in the show and he is now one of the most valuable assets the group has. Now, let's leave The Walking Dead and go to fear for a little bit, alright? In uh, Season 5, Episode 3... Dwight, the former high-ranking member of the Saviors, uh, who has been looking for Sherry, his ex-wife, all this time since Daryl exiled him. His search led him to Texas. Each time he locates where she has been, uh, he finds notes of hers that she left behind for him. Dwight meets John Dory in June. Uh, And he explains to them who he is and what has brought him all this way. John encourages them to never give up looking for her and gives them the example of how him and June were separated, but they found each other again. Three episodes later, his search for Sherry continues and John offers to help him. John goes into the vehicle that Dwight thought was uh, that Sherry may have been driving, John finds a note telling Dwight to stop looking for her and that she doesn't want him risking his life out there and all that death and that this would be her last note to him. When Dwight asks John if he found anything, John lies to Dwight because he knows that Uh, how much Dwight loves Sherry and he has been searching for her for well over a year. Brought him all the way down to Texas and he doesn't want him to lose hope. So he lies to him. He cannot tell him that Sherry just doesn't want to be found anymore. He folds up the note, puts it in his pocket. Now, in the uh, season five premiere, uh, Al, the, you know, Al, the uh, journalist in the apocalypse is checking out the plane crash because she's sure there's a story there. This is when she finds the uh, CRM soldier that we read about earlier in tonight's episode. She, um, she starts videotaping it. She grabs footage of the CRM, uh, the logo, their paperwork. She grabs it all on film. uh, Anyway, that's, you know, to make a longer story short, that's when she meets up with Isabel, the CRM soldier. Soldier, uh, Isabel uh, keeps her alive because she knows that Al videotaped some sensitive information. And uh, before she kills Al, she wants to know where Al hid that videotape. Uh, she learns a great deal of information from Isabel about her mission. She also finds out what the organization is. Isabel is about to kill Al, but she freezes and can't do it. When Al returns to the group and asks if she saw anything out there, she tells them no. She respects Isabel's wishes to pretend that they never met and to speak about her to no one. Uh, This lie withholds potential information about the CRM which is probably for the best when it comes to Al, Morgan and the rest of the fear group. The last lie lie connects The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead together as who knows this could have led the survivors to where Rick has been kidnapped to. It's a possibility. Not a likely one. The CRM has three branches. The branch that Al on Fear of the Walking Dead came across is the Oklahoma branch. Rick has most likely been taken by a branch of the CRM somewhere in the Northeast United States. Either New York, Philly, who knows. Anyway, it will be interesting to see how much of an impact this lie may have on uh, both shows once the Rick Grimes movies are released. There you guys go. Perfect timing. We are at the end of our time tonight. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Lisa on Facebook writes, John lied to protect Dwight's feelings and to not let him give up for looking uh, for her. It was a good lie. It was. It was... He felt bad for him and... He knew that reading that note would break his heart. Uh, You know, it would completely break him. Uh, Summer writes, you see how big Abe's fist is when he hit Eugene. He gave him a nasty left hook, man. He gave him a nasty ass left hook. Uh, Andrew Valentine is waving at us on Instagram. Hello, Andrew. Uh, Jamie Joe is giving us a smiley love face on Instagram. Guys, we are out of time. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Benedict Samuel, the leader of the Wolves, Owen, is going to be our special guest right here on Dead Talk Live. Please head on over to our website, deadtalklive.com. If you have any questions for Benedict, uh, please submit them there. Also, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now. Go ahead and subscribe if you have not yet done so. If you're there right now, Please don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this broadcast. I hope everyone has a great night. Stay safe and always stay walking.